Karen. Everybody serving. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, if this mic goes out on me because it's been doing that, I'm going to pitch it. But anyway, I'll run over there and grab that other one. I'll grab Jen's, okay? Is that clear? We're good on that? Let's go to the Word. Come on. Let's go. Come on. Let's go to the, let's go to the, the uh, Scriptures this morning. Thank you for being here today. I always love it when people come up to me and tell me they listen to me on the radio of all things. I mean, I hear that all the time. People say, you get me up in the morning. I'm like, wow, that's great. But I'm loud. You know how I am. And, uh, but anyway, several of you have come to Fellowship Church because of the radio ministry. I look around and I see you here. I see you here. It's, be- it's beautiful. Thank you. And uh, hopefully when you come here, you obviously don't know what I look like on the radio. People think I had this big, long, bushy hair. I've had them tell me that. I've had them tell me when they get here, I thought you were black. African American. Yep, that's what they tell me. I'm like, good, that's a compliment. Great. I mean, it's just funny. They say, you're bigger than we thought. What does that mean? And since I'm saying that, I've lost weight. I'm going to tell you that. I've lost weight, okay? So listen to me. What is it when you lose weight, nobody says nothing? You gain like five pounds, you're getting heavy. What's wrong with you people? That ain't even nice. You hear me or not? But anyway, anyway, I'm just glad you're here. And maybe you were invited here today. And, but we're just glad you're here. And I'm going to use this big screen. We're going to teach God's Word. And uh, I'll probably say things that are unique to me. Because I don't use a script that somebody's written for me. And I try to preach out of my life. So these aren't just disciples we're talking about. They're me and you. The disciples felt the Lord. That's me and you. Have you ever done that? You ever been down and need to get up? That's me and you. Yes or no? Amen. So we've been following the disciples. This is the fourth, I believe, fourth or fifth in the series. We have one more at least next week. One more at least next week. Let's go with the message. Go, Raj. Series is called, can you say it pretty loud, one, two, three? I'm not cussing. I thought about it. Now, here we go. So, Get Up is a series, and today's message is uh, called this right here. Pop it up. Fulfilled. Don't you want that in your life? Wouldn't you like to be fulfilled? These disciples were anything but fulfilled. They had walked with the Lord for three years. You don't get a closer walk with Jesus than walking with Jesus and seeing what they saw. But they were empty. And so today's message, we're meeting them at a different place now, and they're getting stronger. And this is important for us today. If you've been down, you need to get up. And this is where the journey is going to take you right here. This is what we want. We want to be fulfilled. So push me, buddy. I'll just let you do your thing. I've subtitled it, very important, to the right top of the glass. Say that with me. 
filling over. Oh boy, that was terrible. One more time. Filling over. One more time. Filling over. How many, because of your feelings, because of your feelings, you got in deep trouble because of your feelings? Can I see some hands? But I felt it. This is what I'm feeling. Well, you have a choice in your life. To live your life feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Who sang that? Barbara Streisand. That should tell you right there it ain't good. Ooh. Ooh. Not that she doesn't sing well, but since when do singers have to tell us how to vote and stuff? Y'all hear me or not say? I wish singers and basketball players would just shut up and bounce your ball. But you hear what I'm saying? We're already ugly this morning. But guys, there's got to be something stronger in our life than just living our life by feelings. How did the disciples do? How did they do living by feelings? Did it do good for them or bad? Absolutely. It just destroyed them. I mean, it was terrible. And that's what we've been watching. They got so down. They got so distracted. And they denied the Lord. They turned their back on the Lord. And they walked away from the Lord. So that's the message today. Feeling over feelings. But it's more than a title. It's going to be studied this morning. What does this mean? So what's the word full mean? We want to talk about being fulfilled or fully filled. The word full means completely occupied. You might say, where would you come up with these definitions? It's Webster's Dictionary. It means complete. And number three, full means broad and ample. That's what full is. Okay? When you eat a big meal and, you, and you're hurting inside, you go, I'm completely occupied. You know. So that's what full means. Well, what does field mean? What does field mean? Cause to be completely occupied. Don't you want God to fill you up? Don't you want Him to be the source? Or just live your life based on feelings? I want His filling. People talk about the filling of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about it. That's what the subject is today. And it ain't kookyville. Filled means satisfy the requirements to be full. And then finally, filled means enough. Say that with me. Enough. The question is, is God enough? Is God enough in my life? Or no, I don't feel that way anymore, so He's not enough anymore. That's, I mean, guys, either He's enough or He ain't. The Bible says, if you're going to please God, you've got to believe in Him. And you've got to believe he's a, he, is, he is enough. And He'll reward you for doing that. Hebrews eleven six. So this is where we're headed now. And if you're bored to tears, it'll get better. So let's go back and look a little, real quick. Since the arrest of Jesus in the garden, the disciples, their life has been a what? How many remember times in your life when it was a nightmare? And how many would say a lot of that nightmare was because of my feelings? And it's almost across the board. Getting back for the disciples, getting back up was their ultimate challenge. They will never face anything harder than what they've been facing. This is the hardest time the disciples have ever had. They've turned their back on the Lord. They've cussed the Lord. They've done their own thing. He keeps appearing to them. This is their ultimate challenge. 
their feelings, based on our study, were the disciples' feelings all over the place? Oh, we're going to be killed. Lock yourself in a room. we got to go. Let's go to Galilee. I quit. You know what I mean? Their feelings are everywhere. Their feelings led them in what direction? Wrong direction. The disciples, that's exactly what happened. Their feelings left them what? There's got to be a better way. And I'm like you with my feelings. And if you just, if you just live in life on feelings so often, you can just be directionless, and ultimately you'll be hopeless. And that can't be the will of God for my life. Yes? Come on. The resurrected Jesus met with his disciples how many times? And guys, he's not going to show up at your house. If that's what you're waiting on. Well, you know, I'll change my feelings if Jesus shows up. Well, he has shown up. He showed up on, on a cross. And he rose from the dead. He's now seated at the right hand of God the Father where he lives all the time praying for you. Making intercession for you. And he said, I won't leave you alone. I'll send you the comforter. Is that what he said? The Holy Spirit. To walk with us, beside us. But what good is he? If we're not letting him fill us up. You hear me or not? What good is God in my life? But it's not God's fault. He wants to fill you. He made you. He made you in his image, in his likeness. But inside of you is a emptiness. It's a void. Now you can do so many wonderful things, but there's a part of you that needs him. And only he can satisfy that. He wants to fill you up. He loves you. He didn't come to play games with you. So he cares for the disciples. But the guys, even after four times with Jesus, they're still what? Unfulfilled. But now last week, did they make progress? Yes or no? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So they've made some progress. Why did they make progress last week? Because they started to... Focus. They focused. Jesus didn't say a whole lot. He said, stay in Jerusalem. How hard is this? That's what he told them. But they went on the run. He said, the comforter will come. You, you wait right here. You're important to me. You're valuable to me. Why were the disciples valuable? Because they had witnessed everything he did from the baptism of John till his resurrection. That was huge. Nobody else could take their place. Say that with me. Nobody else could take their place. Would you put your name in there? Nobody else can take my place. One more time. Nobody else can take my place. That's why you got to get up, man. God needs you. He wants you. He believes in you. He's proud of you. You hear me or not? And He wants you up. And so what happened? So they're doing better after our last meeting with Jesus. It was fourth down and goal. Could they get in the end zone? And the answer is they got in the end zone. Does that mean everything's hunky-dory? No. But they are there now. So what did they do? They returned to Jerusalem like he said. Say number two with me. They did what? They, they continued in unity with what? Prayer and supplication. They, here's what I honestly believe about the disciples up until this point. I bet you if you saw 12 of them, seven of them had black eyes, busted mouth. Because I think 
their life was a total wreck. They might even have some cut marks where somebody had knifed each other. These guys were totally out of the will of God. They were totally away from God. And you're going to change the world, you people? But Jesus needed them because they had walked with him. He chose them specifically. And he came to them, but now it's over. He's descended back to God the Father. Is that correct? And he told them to do this, and they did it. Here they are. And number three, we talked about last week, and we're picking up steam now. They rectified a bad situation. What was the bad situation that Peter fixed? The what problem? The Judas problem. Judas had betrayed the Lord. But it was more than that. Judas, in my view, was the center of the football team. You might think the quarterback's in charge of a football team. It's really the center. If a center doesn't snap the ball, play ain't happening. If the center snaps the ball before a certain cadence, it's a fumble. It's a mess. If the center doesn't do his job, the other linemen do what? They jump what? Offsides. So Judas, in my view, he was not just the money handler. If you don't know the story about Judas, but he was in charge of the money. Wonder who we usually put in charge of the money? The smartest one. Yes or no? Is that true or false? Yes. He was more than a money guy, I think. I think he was the administrator of the ministry. And so here's Peter and these jokers. They don't have Judas anymore. And it was a real problem. But it wasn't just because of what he did for them. I think it killed them. I think what Judas did destroyed Peter and the disciples. I believe they loved him with all their heart. They believed in him with everything. I believe what Judas did made it possible for them to betray the Lord. Y'all hear me or not? Y'all listening? And so what did Peter do? He dealt with the Judas problem last week, remember? And so he had two guys that had walked with them since the baptism of Jesus with John the Baptist. That was three years. They had to have seen all the miracles. So he had two guys that he selected. But they only needed one. So it was basically like they rolled dice or flipped a coin. Heads you in, tails you in. And Matthias replaced Judas. Y'all hear me or not? If you're going to get up, I think you're going to have to deal with uh, things in your life. You have to rectify some situations. You hear me or not? If you want to be what God wants you to be and have what God wants you to have, this is what I'm seeing as I study. You hear me or not? So let's go now with the rest of the message. They sound alike, but they're not alike. If the disciples are going to be all they can be for the Lord now, they've got to get feeling over feelings. So far they've had feelings. But don't they sound alike? Feeling, 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 feeling. Feeling, 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 feeling. They sound sort of alike. They couldn't be further from the truth. Just because you feel something doesn't mean you're full. Just because you feel something doesn't mean you're happy. Just because you feel something does not mean you should do something. Feeling is different. 
feeling is, it gets on the inside of you. It's from the Lord. Say that with me. It's from the, it's based on His Word. You want to be filled up with what's right, not what's wrong. What's wrong will so often lead our feelings. What's right is what can fill us up. And we want that in our life to help us as we navigate our life. Okay? So the disciples, they've been out of whack, man. So here they are. They sound alike, but uh, they're not the same thing. I can be full and not feel it. I can, be, I can feel full and not be full. You ever felt like that before? Oh, I think I'm full. Then you eat a whole pie. That's how I am. I can eat supper at my mother-in-law's house like a pig. And, and it's a good thing she's not a drug dealer because she could do it. Because she pushes food, I'm telling you right now. But I've eaten a great meal with her, and then she goes, I have dessert. And I know I'm full. I'm full. And then she brings it out with ice cream on top. And I eat like everything. You know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, you know, it's not the same. Being filled and being full is not the same thing. I want to be full, be filled, and filling the feeling. I know this is my language. I'm a, I'm a goofball. It's hard to say it. Say it with me. I want to be full, be filled, and filling my feelings. I want my feelings to be filled with God. I want my feelings to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want what I, def- I feel to be God-ordained. You understand? The disciples needed this. They didn't just need feelings. They needed the filling of the Holy Spirit. Getting up is more than a feeling or emotion. You say, well, I've tried to get up. I've tried in my life. Well, maybe that's the missing thing. You need the Lord. You need the Lord. I'm not saying you're not a Christian, but I'm saying He's there for you. Would you humble yourself and let Him fill you? Let Him make you more than you ever dreamed? These disciples are so defeated. They didn't think they could do jack squat. Nothing now. Can they? Let's check it out. I want the feeling of emptiness to be completely gone in my life. How about you? How about them? So fulfilled... Now to the Scriptures. That was a long intro, but we've been learning. The disciples have been chosen, called, say it with me, and commissioned to do what? That's what they were called to do. Without the disciples, you might disagree with me if I could care less. I don't think if the disciples hadn't have done what they needed to do, there would be no gospel message. Well, he'd have found somebody. You mean somebody to spend three years with him, walk with him, talk with him, sleep with him, witness everything? You're going to replace these people? What things you, makes you think you can be replaced? Get up! You're needed! But that's how we talk, you know. We think that way. We think failure thoughts. And we put ourselves in that box, and no wonder we're not being filled God wants to fill you up. You hear me? Because feelings aren't going to fly, guy. 
It's going to require filling of the Holy Spirit over our feelings. And in their life, it's got to happen. So let's go to the Scripture. Here we go. And we're going to read them. Here we go. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, the day that they were all in one accord in one place. Was that what Jesus told them to do? Yes. So, the day of Pentecost. They were huddled together on Pentecost. You might say, why are you making such a big deal out of this, Clark? Pentecost. It was 50 days after Passover. Well, so what? It was 50 days after his crucifixion. So what? Well, they're all in accord in one place. But here's the big deal about Pentecost. You know what the big deal is? It was a major feast in Jerusalem. What do you mean major? Like, like 500 people? Hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. They would caravan from Italy, Greece, Africa, Asia. And they would come in long trips and caravans to Jerusalem. Do you think Jesus needed some men to stand up and tell the truth and to be witnesses for Him on such an occasion as this? That's what it was all about. This was all planned before the foundations of the world that Christ would come, He would die on a cross, He would raise from the dead. This was all set in motion. Have you ever thought about maybe you're set in motion as well? That your life matters? You matter! You've got to know that. Oh, I'm not needed. I'm not necessary. I quit. Get up! We're no different than them. Yeah, they're the disciples. I'm a nobody. The devil's not your daddy anymore. Quit listening to him. Just stop it. Come on, man. Quit. Amen. So, they're together. They're not scattered anymore. See them? Fulfilled. He gives us little commercials. That's good. So what happens? What happens? If you know Acts 2, you know what happens. They're filled with the what? Now, a big segment of the church, the ultra-charismatic movements, hijacked this passage. And they turned it into kooky. Everything I've said to you isn't kooky. The disciples are real people. They turned their back on the Lord. They were, they were living their life by their feelings. They didn't think they mattered. They didn't think they were necessary. Jesus kept appearing to them, letting them know, letting them know, I need you, I need you. And they finally listened to him. Even though they ain't got their act together, at least they started listening, yes or no. And they're obeying him in small ways. But this is what it was all about. They were in this room, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. It filled the house where all of them were sitting. It wasn't just the disciples. There was 120 of them in this room. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. It set upon each one of them. They were all, say it with me, filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to do what? Say it out loud. They began to speak in what? Other tongues. And a lot of people have taken this passage and they have just made it into crazy. And my message next week is going to cover some of that. 
Get ready to duck next week. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with other tongues and as the Spirit gave them utterance. So what happened after that? They began to do what? Speak up. So number one, they were filled up. Say that with me. They were what? They were filled up. And they started speaking in other tongues. We're going to talk about that. The word tongues is the word glossa. You don't need to know all that Greek stuff. It means languages. So they began to speak in other what? Say that loud. You need to hear it. They began to speak in other what? As the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem, watch this, Jews, devout men, say it really loud, out of every nation under heaven. Does that sound like a lot of people? Did you know Jerusalem this day, today, is the number one centralized place for religion in the world? Number one, Judaism, Christianity, Islam. Jerusalem has never been small potatoes. Okay? So for Pentecost, there were people from all over the world that had traveled, and they were there. Boy, God has impeccable timing, doesn't he? Now, when this was noised abroad, what? What was going on in that room? People came to them. They became... The happening thing. And the people came together. They were confounded. What does that mean? They were like, what? Say it with me really loud. You need to know this if you're going to learn your Bible. Because, say it with me, that every man heard them speak, say it out loud, in his own. Since when has tongues turned into gibberish that nobody can understand? Yes or no? Now, if that hurts your feelings, go ahead and take it. Since when did something that changed the world turn into kooky? Excuse me. You hear me or not? Since when did church have to become a circus? You might not like me saying, I'm just, I'm going to tell you the truth. How about that? And maybe your feelings can handle it. Y'all hear me? It's time we get serious, real serious. The most important thing people need is Jesus Christ. Yeah, praise the Lord. We ought to pray. This most important thing people need. Hell is real. Heaven's real. And you're going to die. Yeah, but if I pray, I won't die. Till when? Pray for me today. In about ten minutes, I'll have to exit fast. Because I was part of something last weekend where a 16-year-old young lady passed away suddenly. And the family has no one. They have no one. And I got the call. And I went. And I spent time with the family. Well, they're having a service today at 1 o'clock. And they're just broken to pieces. It'll be one of the hardest things I'll have to do. Don't, I'm not saying feel sorry for me. I'm just saying people need Jesus Christ. What I do matters and who I am matters. And what you do matters and who you are matters. You'll touch people that I'm not going to touch. The most important thing that people need is Jesus Christ.
But we need His filling, guys. We need to know Him and let Him help us in our life. And stop living life by your feelings. I'm good. I got it. I can handle it till you can't. Then what? They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And now look at what they do. They were all amazed, the people. Thousands, even hundreds of thousands of people saying one to another, Are not these men and all these people in the room Galileans? That's another word for dumb hillbilly. They weren't the brightest people, I'm telling you, the Galileans. How is it, say it with me, we hear every man in our own what? Does it say that or did I make that up? Wherein we were what? How can this be confusing? I was born in America. I speak English. I was born in the southern part of America, so I speak southern English. Is that the truth? That's not made up. They were hearing in their own tongue. But you might say, yeah, but who were they? Did you know God wants you to believe Him? They were Parthians, Medes, Elamites. They were dwellers in Mesopotamia, in Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and even where? Can you speak Chinese? Well, the disciples could, or at least one or two of them could. Did you see what the Bible just said? So what was the tongues they were speaking in? It tells you. But it doesn't just stop there. Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, Libya, Cyrene. Wait a minute. Rome? How many in this room can speak fluent Italian? Can I see some hands? Fluent Italian. Right back there. So if somebody wants to stand up and fake it, we could call you out right now. It's time the church quits doing stuff they, they don't know what they're doing. Am I being too hard today? This is important, guys. Jews, proselytes, wait a minute, Cretes. That sounds like Greeks to me. You speak Greek? You're a Crete? You're a Crete. Yes, do you still speak some Greek or no? Say it again. When you were 13, yeah. Well, Chuck's wife, Dina, still speaks fluent Greek. Yes? What were these people supposed to do with the gospel? They didn't know about Jesus. They were coming for Pentecost. And so the disciples were in a perfect place. They were filled with the Spirit. They were no longer living by their feelings. They were ready to be used of the Lord, and God used them. And they're up now. They say, we hear them speak in our tongues. And say what they say, the wonderful what? Since when has church become where we go and we hear people do things? I, I didn't hear no wonderful work of God. Y'all hear me or not? And I know this hits some of you because that's the background you came from. I'm not trying to be ugly, but can we let the Word of God be our authority? Yes or no? Why don't, why don't we let it be our authority? And if there's certain things that seem to happen or we don't know for sure, why don't we go with what we know for sure? Capiche? Keep looking. So number one, they are filled up. And then they speak up. And now they're doing what? 
Isn't that the whole point of getting up? Getting on your own two feet? They were all amazed. Some were in doubt, saying one to another, What means this? Others started mocking them. You're drunk! Because when you don't hear what somebody else is saying in the language you think it is, it does sound like you they drunk. They're just normal people. Say it with me. But Peter did what? Standing up with the who? Boy, they're not the same jokers anymore, are they? Wonder why. Because they're not living their life by their feelings anymore. They're living their life by their filling. That makes sense? I got to make a rush to the end because I have to go. He lifted up his voice. He said, You men of Judea and all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. Now, Peter stood up with the other 11. I believe also that the other 120, that's my strong opinion, that were in that room, I think they were all filled. I think they were all being used as Peter speaks to speak to different nationalities. I think everybody is hearing at one time the beautiful story of Jesus. And that's what this passage says, Raj. I'm going to let you just push on through this whole passage. So Peter speaks. He preaches. All right. And now, back it up just a little bit. I want you to see his message. Oh, we're close. Right there. He said, it's going to come to pass. Say that part in blue with me. That, say it loud. That whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can you imagine that message? Yeah, praise the Lord. Going out to hundreds of thousands of people. For the first time, for the first time, your love, God gave His Son for you. You can be forgiven. Wow! The first time. He keeps going to say, he's seeing this before, speak of the resurrection of Christ, David, etc. And then Jesus, Jesus raised us up, etc. And here's what the disciples said. Say it with me out loud. And we are what? Say it louder. We're what? Do you see why they were important? It wasn't just some story somebody made up. These guys, he needed them to do their job. Because they actually saw it. This Jesus is not a liar. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He loves you. And they were able to tell, well, what about, how do you know? Well, I saw him do this, and he did this, and we were here, here, and there. Can you imagine? And I believe personally, that day, those 120, this is Gary's strong opinion. I believe that day, many of those people that were in that room that could speak these dialects with these other people, I think they went home with them. As they were traveling 500 miles, I can just imagine them walking with them, telling them about Jesus, and they get back to their homeland where they're at, and there's a, a group meeting in homes, and the gospel just started taking place all over the world. Does that sound reasonable to me or to you? That was all because of this. They were living their life by their feelings. Jesus said, the comforter is going to come, the one that's going to walk with you and go alongside of you. And he's going to help you. And now they're sharing the gospel. They're standing up. Last thing is this. Say that last point with me. They what? 
Do you remember a couple of weeks ago we had them on the Sea of Galilee? Remember? They threw the net, couldn't catch anything all night. And then they, Jesus told them to throw it in a certain location, and they, did, and they did. About how many fish, round number, was in that net? About how many? About 150. 153 was the number. Let's call it 150. Let's use that as our math. Look at them now. Now when they heard this, the people were pricked in their heart, the gospel, and said to Peter, Men, brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said, Repent, turn, and be baptized. Every one of you say it in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you too shall receive the filling of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is unto you, to your children, to all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God has called. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. The world will tell you crap and lies. This is the truth. Believe the truth, and it will set you free. This is the message. This is why we exist at fellowship. What happened that day? Say it with me, all of it in the blue. This is important for your faith. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized about the same day there was added unto them, say it with me, about 3,000 souls. Wow. Have you done the math? When they were fishing for fish, they really couldn't catch anything until Jesus told them where the fish were. They caught 150. Look at them now. He said, follow me and I'll make you what? Look at them now. Look at them. Twenty times. Twenty times the amount of fish that was in that net. Does Jesus know what he's doing? What do you want out of your life? You're on a net full of fish that you ain't even good at because you're living your life by your feelings. Or do you want 20 times that in real treasure? Real treasure. That's what you get when you're fulfilled. Let's thank the Lord for His Word. We're done. Amen! Boom! I liked it. Praise the Lord. Let's get up on our feet. Mr. Alexander Christie's going to come and he's going to pray with you. And he's also going to give you the opportunity to put your faith in Christ today, right before we leave. And I'm going to go and do what I need to do. And I love you, buddy. So let's bow our heads. Let's bow our heads. Lord, thank you for the Word. And uh, thank you for these fine people, Lord, that will come and listen to me. And I know, Lord, I'm challenging them on some of their beliefs. But, Lord, help me and them both to see your Word as the ultimate authority. Help us see the most important thing is not something we do. But it's the people, the people that need to hear about you. Help us be real. Help us to be authentic. Lord, we've got enough problems of our own craziness. Help us not somehow think that that's, that's good for the folk. They need to see authentic. So I pray you'll bless this message to our heart. And help us as Alex closes this service. And I pray many will come to Christ in Jesus' name. Thank you, Pastor. Drive safe, pet brother. So as Pastor said, if we're Christians here today, we're being called to stand up. When you leave this room, stand up in your community. Stand up for Christ. Stand up. They talk about the fields being white and ready for harvest. 
It's not getting harvested unless we stand up and know our value because of Him. But if you today have never accepted Christ as your Savior, the first before you can stand up, you've you got to take a knee. You've got to take a knee at the cross. And you have to ask Christ into your heart. And what does that mean? It means you have to just acknowledge a few things that we all know. You, if you don't know what the word sin means, it just means you've done something wrong against God, against another person. We've all done that. We've all lied. We've all cheated. We've all come short of the glory of God. And there's only one remedy for that. And so before you can stand, you have to kneel at the cross. And if you've not done that this morning, I ask you to bow your head with me. And we're going to say a brief prayer. It's not a, it's not a big elaborate prayer because... Jesus did all the work on the cross. Adding words and making it fancy won't get it done. It's His act that got it done already. All you have to do is trust. Trust Him. And believe in Him. And ask Him into your heart. Ask for forgiveness of your sin. And, and, and He will let you be a part of, of His kingdom. And I just, oh, I just beg you today, if you do this today for the first time... Don't leave this place without talking to somebody or coming back to a Bible study, plugging in somewhere so that you can learn to, to how to, to grow it, to germinate this seed that's been planted in your heart this morning. But let's pray. Father God, thank you again for an awesome morning of time with you, learning your word straight from your word, oh Lord. And Lord... We pray for anyone in this room that has not accepted you as Savior, Lord, that you soften their hearts right now. And that they would follow along with me and pray right now, Lord, that I am a sinner. I have fallen short and I've done wrong things in my life, Lord. I've done things that you don't want me to do. And I've done things to hurt other people. And I ask for forgiveness of those sins today, Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Take them on yourself as you promised you would, Lord. And take my punishment on the cross for me, Lord. Take me into your, fa take me into your family, Lord. And Lord, I just pray that I can be a better person from this day forward to honor you so that when people see me, they'll see you, O oh Lord. Help me, Lord, to, to have the confidence to find love, no matter what my life is, no matter how bad my past has been, to know that they have found a place where they are accepted here today. And that we will find them and love them from this day forward, regardless of what they've done, Lord. Because every sin that we could have committed is covered by you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for that. And Lord, we ask you to just to open people's hearts. We love you, Lord, and we say this all in your holy name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you again. Have an amazing day. We look forward to seeing you next week. Invite someone to church. God bless you all.